0: Good morning, everyone. May the Lord richly bless you. Thank you for tuning in to our live broadcast. I'm Jason Demars, and I want to remind you that you can send your questions, prayer requests, or testimonies to me at jasondemars.com. We also have free resources on our website that you can order, and I will mail to you uh, free. It's free and free shipping. So no charges for that. A number of materials there, if you'd like them, and we ship uh, by God's grace and His provision anywhere around the world. I'll also remind you that to uh, subscribe, if you're on if you're on Facebook, like our page and make sure that you uh, <clears throat> get our notifications. And if you're on YouTube, make sure you subscribe and click on the little bell so that you get updated when we go live. We're going to continue on to the oneness of the Godhead, part three, and we'll go right into it now. Uh, We mentioned before the attributes of Jehovah, Yahweh, that need to be expressed and manifested. The Bible says that God is light, and it also says whatsoever doth make manifest is light. So it is in God to manifest himself. And there's quite a number of attributes of God that he desired to manifest. He wanted to manifest the self-existence of God. This is a, just a starting list. He wanted to show forth the, the, his counsels, his wisdom, the knowledge of God, the supremacy of God, the sovereignty of God, the holiness of of God, the wrath of God, the glory of God, the power of God, the faithfulness of God, the jealousy of God, the love of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God, the goodness of God, and the eternal unfolding and revealing of God—that are those are some of the major attributes that, in further, an expression of Himself. He wanted to manifest himself as father, as savior, as healer, as priest, as king, as judge. God had in his mind for all eternity what he was going to do and how he was going to express himself. God never has a new thought, new idea. If he has a new thought or new idea, it means he's not omniscient but because he is omniscient, he never has a new thought. All his thoughts are eternal. So in his mind he wanted to express himself. And so he brought forth himself, from himself, these thoughts in expression. And the word the word logos means a thought expressed or word. A word is a thought expressed. So the thought was in God from all eternity and then it came forth God as an expression and it became a word. The beginning of time. Time started when God's thoughts became the word. John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Proverbs 8 23 and 24 says, I was set up or poured, the Hebrew, it's I was poured out from everlasting. That word everlasting there literally means from concealment or concealed. So I was poured out from concealment, from the beginning or ever the earth was, When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water. This is talking about the Logos. It was first concealed, hidden in God. And then just prior to creation, God poured this Logos out of himself in order to reveal himself to his creation. Brother Branham says this, And this great fountain, this great fountain of spirit, which had no beginning or no end, this great spirit began to form in the creation. And the Logos that went out from it was the Son of God. It was the only visible form that the spirit had. And it was a theophany, which means a body. And the body was like a man, the theophany of God, the express image of the invisible God. Remember, God is, always will be invisible. No man has seen God any time, nor can you see him. But from himself, he put forth the Logos. And that Logos is to later become the son of God theophany, Brother Branham says this, the theophany is a human body that's glorified. Not exactly with flesh and blood like it will be in its glorified state, but it is a form of a human body that doesn't eat, neither does it drink, but it's a body, a body that's waiting for us. As soon as we leave this one, now in there we enter into that body, and that's the kind of body that God was. For he said, let us make man in our own image. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And then 26 and 27, and God said, let us make man in our own image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. so what does that mean does that mean there's multiple persons in the Godhead when he says let us well let's just look at the plain meaning of language when I say let let us go to the beach or let us go to the restaurant what am I saying I'm speaking of myself singular and I'm speaking of someone who is not me so God says, let us make man in our image. Then he moved, then moved down to 27. So God created man in his own image. And the image of God created he, him. Male and female created he, them. So then it goes from one verse, it uses a plural personal pronoun. And then the next verse, it uses three times singular personal pronoun for God. So this is God speaking to other people Who are not Him? So God, one singular person, speaking to those who are not Him. Where do we find this elsewhere in the Bible that would show forth God speaking in this manner? Let us. Well, it says it in another place in uh, Genesis, where God says, "Let us go down and confound their languages." So that's another place, but again, not an, not an explanation. Isaiah 6, 1 through 3 gives us a biblical explanation. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple, one person sitting on one throne. Above it stood the fair seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face. With twain he covered his feet. And with twain he did fly. So now we have additional people around him, seraphims, angelic beings. And one cried unto another, one seraphim cried to the other seraphim, and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. Also, verse 8 says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, singular personal pronoun, the one sitting on the throne, and who will go for us? Who is he speaking to? the angelic beings. Then said I, here am I, send me. So God, when he says, let us make man in our own image, he's speaking to the angels whom he's already created. Let us make man in our own image. God is spirit. Angels are spirits. And he made man first a spiritual being. Then, Brother Barnum says, that then that theophany was made flesh in the person Christ Jesus. And then all the fullness of the Trinity dwelt in him, fought both Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all in that. So let's look at some of the theophanies in the Old Testament. Exodus 13, 21 says, and the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them by lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go, by day and by night. So God represented Himself as the pillar of fire, the cloud by day. We also know He came down to Solomon's temple in the form of the Shekinah glory. Uh, he represented Himself as the manna, Christ. Represented himself as the manna that came down from heaven, as the brass serpent, as the rock in the wilderness. Also as Melchizedek. Look at what Brother Branham says in Hebrews chapter 7 in 1957. And this Melchizedek was not Jesus, for he was God. And what made Jesus and God different? That Jesus was the tabernacle that God dwelt in. See now, Melchizedek, Jesus had both father and mother, and this man had neither father or mother. Jesus has a, had a beginning of life, and he had an end of life. This man had no father, no mother, no beginning of days or ending of life, but it was the self-same person. Huh? How does that work? It was. Melchizedek and Jesus was one, but Jesus was the earthly body, born and fashioned after sin. What he's saying is he was born, he he was likened, uh, he, he was born in the fashion of a man. He was born in the likeness of sinful man. He wasn't a sinful man, but he was born in the likeness of sinful man. So, Jesus and God are different. How how are they different? One had a beginning, the other had no beginning. Jesus is the body. Not just a body, he's a man. But Jesus Christ was the body that God tabernacled in and revealed himself through. Well, I'm going to bring it to a close on that point. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or testimonies, Please let me know at jasondemars.com. May the Lord richly bless you.